It'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned, full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Twinick, Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Happy to have you with us. High school football is back in the Mountain State. And uh, Washington and Hedgesville take center stage tonight. We'll have that for you at 6 p.m. pregame show on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube. Uh, with pre or excuse me with kickoff set for after 7 p.m i'll be on the call with dylan bishop and now dylan bishop is on the show dylan how's how you uh doing in your preparation for tonight's ball game i'm i'm doing well spencer are y'all prepped forward up to it y'all prepped up I, yep all right I really i've like uh, been looking into these teams and uh I, i'm excited for tonight that's what i like to hear and uh you know what are you looking forward to tonight most about this ball game I think it's just going to be a really good litmus test for the rest of the year because both of these teams are teams that were kind of in the middle of the pack last year, 5-5, five and 4-6. Five, and six. And both of these teams are bringing back a lot of big contributors from last year. And I think both teams really think that they can make a big improvement off of what they did last year and kind of get up into that next tier of the EPAC. So I think that this can be a good test if someone really comes out tonight and shows a big improvement, really makes a statement that they can have some momentum going into the rest of the year. Dylan, these are uh, two teams that are looking to take that next step. You look at Edgesville coming off of a 4-6 and six season, uh, Washington coming off of a 5-5 five and five season, and, I mean, last year's game wasn't, Super close. It is a three-score game in favor of Washington. But uh, whoever wins tonight could really, I guess, prove that they are going to take that next step. And I think that's definitely something to consider about tonight's matchup. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I'm looking to see. If, you know, Hedgesville, again, they went from no wins to four wins uh, from 2020 to 2021. So if they can make that same kind of improvement, they're bringing back their quarterback, they're bringing back a lot of big contributors on both sides of the ball. So I think them especially, it's going to be interesting, them having such a big leap. You can, you know, tonight can be that sort of first look to see if they're going to make another significant leap forward. All week long, guys, I've been uh, saying that I think this game's going to be a coin flip and uh, the outcome that it could go either way but after we uh, received news yesterday that uh, Kyle Whaley the uh, preseason at least while starting running back for uh, Hedgesville as well as linebacker and linebacker will be out for uh, tonight's game against Washington and just wanting to open up for a discussion how you guys think that will uh, impact Hedgesville and in my head I'll say uh starting now to kind of give that edge to uh, Washington of being the uh, winners yet again in this matchup. Yeah, I'll take this one. And, uh, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot for the last just just about 24 hours when I confirmed that that was, in fact, true, that it wasn't a misprint in the depth chart. Um, 
you know, I think that's going to be big because I think that linebacker depth for Hedgesville is going to be tested on the defensive side of the ball where, you know, where we see Washington as an offense continue to just completely dominate a running game if they can, like they did in last year's ball game. And I think that's going to be the biggest question going into this game. But also on the running back side is these guys that are on the depth chart as the, the three running backs, none of which had varsity action last year. I believe they're all three sophomores. So I think that the running game is going to be a big question along with on the defensive side, who's that true leader on the team? Because at, as I just mentioned, it seems like Kyle Whaley, who we talked to on all EPAC, EPAC, excuse me, EPAC All Access, is that defensive leader on the team. Now it's going to be up to somebody else to step up. And, you know, uh, I'm thinking maybe Eli Faircloth on that defensive line is going to be a guy that could step up. Tanner Matthew in that secondary could step up. But it's going to be a big question of how they run, especially because they run this, I believe it's four two five defense that they run where they've got a badger and a star on their defensive alignment rather than three linebackers and uh three you know four dbs a four three three yeah well i'll say this while you want whaley there in the backfield obviously big physical you know kid that has experience and you want him on both sides of the ball uh and jake young's gonna fill his role on both sides of the ball hedgesville still has that experienced talented offensive line there that can open up the holes that uh young could still have success and i think the way hedgesville plays i think he still was going to get some carries anyway so he's yeah. just got to take a bigger role uh so you know you got you got drew milton you got mike nichols connor quinn Le- levi faircloth and eli faircloth up front uh all of those guys i think played last year i know four out of five at least got you know experience uh, either on the O-line or at tight end for Faircloth experience-wise. So, um, you know, that that's a physical, strong, big offensive line to run behind. Uh, Whaley's a huge part of this team. He's a leader. He's a, you know, a good player on both sides of the ball. But I think offensively, at least, they can still run the football with that offensive line, even without Whaley in the lineup. Uh, it might have an impact, though, more so on the defense because Young's going to have to play a big role there at linebacker uh, in the middle. And, you know, not having your one of your leaders on the team is also going to be big. Dylan, what's your take I'm, on this? Yeah, I'm glad that you guys brought up the fact that he's also going to be missing from the defensive side of the ball because a single-wing offense like Washington runs, yes, you may know that you're running the ball on most plays or you're defending the run on most plays, but – your linebackers are incredibly important because when the read and react uh, aspect of defending the single wing, you know, even just a misstep in one direction, a misread for half a second can be the difference between stopping a run at the line of scrimmage and giving up five plus yards. So putting in a sophomore on that side of the ball that hasn't played varsity action, that could be even bigger than having to go to another you know sophomore running back on offense i like that uh answer so moving on with uh the washington side guys i think uh what we saw from their practice in the line should be solid but when we went and as you can see on our epac all access i was talking uh with Paul Espinosa, who's a big uh, Washington Patriot fan because he was a guest on uh, this morning's Eastern Panhandle Talk as he was the uh, former PA announcer for them and Delegate Paul Espinosa. And he was saying uh, 
he liked that we did the EPAC All Access, which is obviously good for us, and I thanked him for that. But at the same time, he said, watching some of those clips, uh, he got a little bit worried about the Patriots, and should Patriot fans be worried after we saw there and what they saw on EPAC All Access a couple of times, the uh, pitches weren't on target, and uh, that obviously or bad snaps resulted in fumbles. Yeah, and I think that's going to be a big part of tonight's game. And, you know, we're going to play a little soundbite here in a little bit when we wrap up this preview segment uh, about what Coach Glenn Simpson had said his team has learned in their two scrimmages this year. And uh, I think that, you know, you kind of hear both things, two, the same thing from both sides. But that's going to be a big question mark is what do we see from this team? And, you know, when you talk about this team, uh, you know, they're just – they're a, they're a team that's building, obviously. They're not a team that's going to throw out, you know, 40, 50 guys on the roster. So I think depth will be challenged this year. And, and you know, last year they had two games that, that weren't won and lost on the field. One lost because of COVID. The other one because it was forfeited because of the other team having COVID. Uh, so I think that, you know, they were 4-4 four and four on the field last year. 5-5 five and five was their record. But I think that that depth will be challenged when it gets later in the season. And, um you know, for, you know, my overall thoughts on this game is how much of an impact does Kyle Whaley's absence have? How much is Washington going to be able to take advantage of that? Well, I think, too, going back to, you know, some of those miscues in practice, I mean, that was two weeks ago, so there's a good chance that Washington's hopefully cleaned those things up. And it didn't happen every time, but yeah. I'm just trying to pose the question, will turnovers be an issue for Right, them? And, and it's practice. It, that's not filmed from the scrimmages. I saw uh, Rodrigo Delgado had posted his highlights on Twitter, so I checked those out from one of the scrimmages, and I mean, things looked really good. I think he only had like three or four carries, but I had over 100 yards in uh, a touchdown, so... Um, there were some big holes for him to run through in, in that scrimmage that I saw. Uh, and I think Washington will be all right, but it is important when you're running that offense. You know, you got to be really accurate on those pitches. you got to get things very precise in order for the wing uh, to be successful. Uh, like I said the other day, it's not necessarily a complex offense, but it does come down to the little things. And you got to execute the little things well, whether it be your read steps as a quarterback or – just uh you know how you pull as an offensive lineman you know everything has to be perfect pretty much but um if you do have that execution you know you can get a lot of good run plays and uh definitely keep the defense on their toes but i do think that uh that will be important tonight you know you can't turn the football over i think for either of these teams too much um because like we said, we expect both teams to run the ball a lot, so possessions are going to be short, or possessions are going to be long, but you're not going to have a lot of them probably tonight. Yeah, so and I'm really are going to be really important. I'm really interested to see how much that uh, Coach Matt Faircloth opens up this offense because you see some transition moving uh, Eli Faircloth from tight end to. Uh, to to tackle which I think moves things around because that just goes to show they want to open it up more because he's a, he's a bigger guy I believe he said he's now up to 300 pounds so you want that guy on the line not as a blocking tight end so they 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 want their tight end to be a pass catcher this year which I think is going to show it in you know the way that they're that they're running things but Dylan uh, what is your want to make a I guess what are your thoughts on tonight's game overall how do you see this game going what's your final prediction 
I think in the end, I probably have to go with Washington, maybe just even because of Kyle Whaley's absence and you're putting in sophomores in his spot. Uh, I do think it'll be pretty close. Uh, you know, there was some turnovers and differences, you know, just small little things that could have went differently last year to make it closer than a 20-point game. I do like where Hedgesville is headed for this year overall uh, with their growth, how they have, you know, improved from year to year. But I think that the experience of Washington running this offense and the way that it can be unpredictable, uh, that little difference, I think that Washington will be able to pull it out. But I do think it's going to be a good game. I, I, I'm with Colin that it's kind of towards a coin flip and maybe this one injury uh, pushes it in the direction of Washington. Colin? I, well, Dylan kind of just said it for me, basically, in that it's going more towards Washington more and more this week, especially in uh, Kyle Whaley now being out for Hedgesville. So at first when I said I think it's going to be a uh, one-point game, I'm moving more towards a uh, one-possession game in the favor of uh, Washington, maybe even more than one possession if uh, those younger guys uh, aren't up for the challenge, which obviously hopefully Hedgesville thinks they or hopes they will. I've been high on Washington, obviously, this week. You know, I think they have the opportunity to have a really solid season this year. Um, But I do like this Hedgesville team, and I think they'll give them a fight. I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, Obviously, the Whaley injury does hurt Hedgesville, but I think they'll have guys that can step in and hopefully fill the role. Uh, I'm intrigued, too. If Hedgesville decides to throw the ball a lot tonight and rest – has it going with his wide receivers that appear to be very talented. Um, that could definitely change the course of this game. But based on what we do know, we know Washington has experience, has talented running backs there. Quarterback Joe Robles very mobile, has the ability to make a lot of plays. Delgado's an explosive running back, a good offensive line led by Zach Warden up front. Um, I think Washington wins this game, but I'm still going you know, very close. And I think uh, it could come down to the last drive between these two all right i'm not making a prediction that's i don't make predictions when i do play by play uh but dylan before i let you get off the phone here uh big breaking news coming out of okc uh chet holmgren uh is gonna miss some time this year is he out the whole season he is he's out for the season what are you are you okay over there um i'm doing about as well as i can be um it's at the very least it's doesn't uh it's not like chet holmgren was going to be probably leading okc to the playoffs or anything this year uh it is concerning uh in terms of long term his you know career wise um he doesn't have the issue of others like seven footers or centers where he's so heavy that you worry about recurring foot injuries it seemed more like a freak play uh when he was guarding lebron in that uh pro-am game so hopefully the fact that he's so thin can actually work in his favor for this injury. But it does – I was really looking forward to seeing him play this year, and I think he probably could have been rookie of the year if not, you know, unless Paolo Bancaro over in Orlando was getting, you know, number one touches on offense. Uh, it does open up the floor to just uh, go ahead and tank for Victor Wembanyama or uh, Scooter <laughs> Henderson in, in the draft. So that's good. Um, I try to try to look at it optimistically as I can, I guess. 
All right, Dylan, we will see you in a few hours. I'll be on the call tonight with Dylan, calling on the sidelines. Nick back here in the studio. You'll hear from him in halftime and postgame. Uh, but, Dylan, we'll see you in a few hours. I'll see you then. All right, Dylan Bishop, WRNR Sports, our, our our guy. He's our color guy tonight, and uh, he'll be calling volleyball all next all this season with uh, Jim Klein, which begins next Tuesday with Musselman at Spring Mills. And I believe he's really looking forward to uh, cracking the mic for volleyball this year. Uh, but bef- just want to wrap things up here on the Hedgesville-Washington uh, frontier. Let's play uh, a soundbite from uh, head coach Matt Faircloth talking about uh, – you'll hear the rest of this interview during the pregame show tonight. But uh, – excuse me. Uh, Matt Faircloth talking about how much the scrimmages have helped this year. Turned a lot. Guys are locked in. Biggest thing now is just staying healthy for us. And we played two tough scrimmages, Loudon Valley, and then we went down five hours to Galax, Virginia, and played a really good Galax team. So we found out a lot about ourselves, and you know now we're in the preparation to get ready on a short week. So we want this game. We're ready for it. On the other side of things, the Patriots finished last season five and five, and on the fringe of the playoffs. And head coach Glenn Simpson also brought up his team scrimmages and the mistakes they've been able to correct in practice. We've had two good scrimmages against some quality opponents. We had some success in those scrimmages but as a coach you always want something you you can get after them for and I believe our guys have responded well to the corrections I think we're coming into the season relatively healthy prepared I'm excited about what we got ahead of us and I think Hedgesville is going to present a great contest all right that was uh, both coaches there and uh, again 6 p.m. pregame show 7 p.m. kickoff on talk radio WRNR TV 10 WRNR TV on YouTube uh, we're excited to get back out there for EPAC football season. Uh, calling on the sidelines for us tonight. Going to have some coaches' interviews and some other content, hopefully, from you uh, tonight. Uh, but, guys, let's turn our attention now to high school soccer in the Eastern Panhandle as things are getting going fast there. I believe they've been now a week, almost a week into the season. Yeah, and there's been uh, already some EPAC matchups this year. Um, so for both boys and girls soccer and uh i think at one point we were maybe trying to get another soccer game on i know we did soccer last year for one game so maybe we'll try to do another one but i know jefferson got a big win the other day 11 nothing over berkeley springs and uh, there was an epac game yesterday between hedgesville and musselman i believe it was and i think musselman got the win in that one spencer no hedgesville uh, got oh, okay. the 4-1 win there in uh, girls' soccer against uh, Musselman. All right. So. But uh, we'll be keeping up with soccer action long. Uh, we'll check the TV10 Facebook page. We'll have some scores for you daily, and we'll have some, uh, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, have some high school uh, non-football content for the fall sports on uh but right that'll run right before our show right here on talk radio wr and our tv 10 and tv 10 on facebook but that will do it for this first segment of the show brought to you in part by hagerstown ford revolutionizing the car buying experience buy your next vehicle online they'll deliver it to you if you don't like it they'll take it back go to hagerstownford.com for more on the other side of this break we'll get into some college football news after this two minute break you tune in the sports mix on talk radio wr and our tv 10 The high school football season in the Mountain State kicks off Thursday, August 25th when the Hedgesville Eagles host the Washington Patriots. 
Childers takes the snap, lowers the shoulder, pounds his way in for six. Touchdown, Patriots. 17-0 here. 11.53 to go in this fourth quarter. Kickoff between Washington and Hedgesville is scheduled for 7 p.m. with the pregame show at 6 p.m. right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you. Thanks to our... TV 10 sports color analyst slash play-by-play broadcaster and cameraman slash do-it-all Dylan Bishop for coming on, talking to us earlier. You'll hear him Monday nights at the Neon Moon Tavern with Colin McLaughlin for Monday Night Mayhem with guests that include Travis Bajant, Tyson Bajant, and more to be determined. No, I got him to call me back last night. All right, there you go. And Coach Ernie McCook for Shepard, which is a great segue. Ernie McCook will be on 6.30 to 7 o'clock from our Neon Moon location there. From 6 to 8 is the entire show, but he will be on from 6.30 to 7 every Monday night. There we go. Always good to talk to Coach McCook and the bald eagle Dylan Bishop. Maybe Nick goes down and Nick jumps on that segment too. We were thinking the villain Dylan. Yeah, that works. Villain Dylan. That's that's, that's his Twitter handle, right? Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of cool stuff coming on that show, which really premieres on Monday, right? Person, though. I mean, he'll have hot takes. Hey, Maybe that's, that's villainous. Hey, true. that show premieres Monday night, right? Yes, it does. This Monday, August 29th at the Neon Moon. Looking forward to it. So uh, you can tune in on Talk Radio WRNR, 106.5 FM, 7.40 AM, TV 10. And I don't know yet if we're doing either YouTube or Facebook. We'll have to figure that out. Probably YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that every Monday six to eight. I'm not. I'm guessing the football season. We haven't really determined an end date. Probably whenever the NFL season ends. I guess. All the way until then. Wow. That's yeah, a long because time. it's for Monday Night Football. That's, that's true. Why it's Monday Night Mayhem. I guess the last Monday Night Football game. Yes. Which is what week seventeen. I don't know. I don't know how they rework the <laughs> schedule. 17 or 18. Uh, but, you know, great segue talking about Coach Ernie McCook. And uh, one week from today, we'll be in New Haven, Connecticut for uh, Shepard at Southern Connecticut State. Nick will have the play-by-play along with Travis Smith back for another year. Uh, it should be a great season of Shepard football, Nick. We've had a lot of prep this week. Uh, not really intentional for you. Uh, but uh, a lot of stuff to talk about Shepard-wise this week. As we are at the scrimmage this weekend, a lot of stuff coming out, including yesterday where Tyson Bajan's now on the Reese Senior Bowl watch list. We mentioned that on the show yesterday. Uh, but, you know, another season, and this season for Tyson specifically seems like a year where he wants to cut down on the interceptions. When he's in the red zone, he wants to get touchdowns rather than field goals, and he just wants to bond overall better with this team and uh, make it and win a national championship. Yeah, and they're, I mean, that's the ultimate goal. That's really the only thing Tyson Bagent hasn't achieved at Shepard is winning that national championship. Uh, I mean, he's got all the records in passing. He's led the team to, you know, a bunch of good playoff wins. They haven't won the PSAC. So that was something else he wants to do up, yeah. uh, is win that uh, on the road to the national championship. Um, but. I think this Shepard team is definitely an intriguing team this year. Uh, 
there's a lot of newcomers, you know, a lot of new faces. Um, they were very much a veteran team last year. I believe had like 18, 17 or 18 uh, grad students or seniors on the roster. So they were, you know, a veteran-led team. This year's team is, is pretty young. I mean, they got, you know, Bajan, obviously, who's a senior in a leadership role. Kyle Smith's in a leadership role defensively. Malik Holloway. Uh, Pena comes back in the secondary. Um, so they're a pretty young team this year. I mean, Ronnie Brown's there at running back. Ryan Beach, though, is only a sophomore, and he's looked at as one of the big leaders on this team. He's a red shirt, shirt red shirt sophomore so he has some experience uh but that will be interesting to see you know how does this how do these young guys step up how do these newcomers step up and uh it all starts you know in a week against southern connecticut state who's a program that struggled last year has struggled for a while but uh definitely not a team that the rams are overlooking and uh looking forward to that matchup in a week yeah, to go off that point about them being younger, I remember last year when we went to the uh, media day, I can't remember how many there were in uh, graduate students that were playing another year because they had that COVID year of eligibility and a couple transfers as well. But this year, I don't think we heard of any grad students that are... Yeah, they do. But not as many as last year. Yeah, not as many as last year, but I think Stilly is... Uh ronnie dorsey at wide receiver they have a few others uh that are grad students i guess tyson might be honestly because i think he got an extra year so they got a lot of guys that are are older but it's not the same as last year you're right Colin. yeah definitely not the same team as last year but this team is it's the program that that's there uh that coach mccook has inherited and continued to get better and better and, uh, you know, I think that we could see some great things from Shepard this year again, as they did last year. But I guess this is probably kind of a hot take, but not really a hot take. Uh, I do think that, you know, obviously Tyson has NFL aspirations. But if this if he goes out and he balls out this year and they win the D2 National Championship, he's getting drafted. That's a hot – I guess that's – I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but that's my thought. I don't think he necessarily even has to do that to get drafted. I mean – No, but if he does that, he's for sure getting drafted. We'll see, yeah. I, I think he definitely has, you know, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round type right now. I, I would I would say just because of him being a Division two quarterback, not necessarily talent-wise. Uh, you know, you watch him play, he's a really good player and, and has all the attributes that you look for in an NFL quarterback, like I said. So um, I could definitely see him being picked uh, and, and looking forward to uh, some things there with him this year i think we all are it's one week away so uh looking forward to seeing how the high-powered offense is and if the uh defense as we've been hoping can make more stops this year they made stops obviously when they needed to last year it was a team that made it to the national semifinal, so it wasn't a bad defense obviously you just want them to be able to uh still improve yeah and i think it'll be interesting to see too i mean the offensive line besides joey fisher and stilly who was out for a lot of last year's and hopefully he a can lot make of new guys return to the lineup by next week i yeah. know that he hasn't been practicing but i believe he's on target to play next week yeah i believe so too but um at one point they had only allowed three sacks like all season and that was leading the year uh so they were you know a really good offensive line they kept tyson up uh, which 
definitely helps you have a great season as a quarterback. So with some younger guys now filling in, you know, can those guys produce at that same kind of level uh, that Shepard was used to last year up front? That will be a real key. Yeah, it will be a real key. And again, every Shepard game but one will be right here on TV 10. WRNR TV on YouTube is the uh, home game on the October 8th will not be on due to our commitment to Martinsburg as they will have Riverside, Ohio coming back for that return trip on October 8th. Uh, but going to be another great season of Shepherd football on TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube. Next week, it's going at 5 p.m. with the pregame show. And at 5.30 p.m. is the kickoff. Again, Nick Verzellini, play-by-play alongside color analyst Travis Smith. Uh, you know what else is next Thursday, guys? The Backyard Brawl. WVU and Pitt going at it, duking it out on Thursday night from Acrisure Stadium, formerly known as Heinz Field. Uh, and uh, we'll be getting you ready for that game all next week including monday at 1 p.m after our show you'll hear the uh i guess it's technically a tape delay because it will be having having been live at 12 p.m you'll hear from neil brown as his press conference show along with some other coaches and players from 1 to 2 p.m and then next tuesday night will be the neil brown coaches show from 6 to 8 p.m uh all on talk radio wrnr 106.5 fm am 740 Uh, but calling another great year or hopefully a great year for WVU football. And, you know, I, I think that Neil Brown, just, he could be on the hot seat if he doesn't have a good year. Oh, definitely. He's already somewhat on the hot seat after uh, last year. People were kind of getting on him, but that was also because there was a lot of quarterback issues this year. And even though we haven't really been told who the uh, starting quarterback's going to be for the Mountaineers this year, everybody, I think, knows anyway that it's going to be JT Daniels and if it's not JT Daniels everybody's going to be uh really surprised around the uh, entire college football world but if he's able to do what uh he's expected to do I think it should be a good year and that'll uh, allow coach uh, Neil Brown to avoid that hot seat that uh you just mentioned there Spencer but it's a big test against Pitt it's the backyard brawl I think they'll be ready to go but Pitt is a good team obviously hoping that WVU gets the upset win there at the uh, stadium formerly known as Heinz Field, if you want to make a Prince joke about it or something to have some fun with it. But um, looking forward to it. It's a week away. Uh, Still wished that those uh, cool Country Roads jerseys were on sale because those are going to be awesome looking on uh, Thursday night that WVU is wearing, and hopefully uh, the fans are louder than the Pitt fans. Yeah, well, again, uh, on We'll we're your Eastern Panhandle home for the Mountaineers from the Mountaineer Sports Network. Uh, talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740. So you can be listening to the Mountaineer game and watching the Shepherd game next Thursday night. But then they can't hear Nick's beautiful voice. I mean, you could do both. You know, one in know. one ear and one in the other. Yeah, no. there you go. Uh, but again, we'll, we're uh, we're your Eastern Panhandle home for the Mountaineers. We'll have all their games this year and all their uh, press conference shows. They're usually press conference shows will usually be Tuesday, but the weeks that they have those Thursday games will be moved back uh, with the Neil Brown Coaches Show on Tuesday night for those weeks, and usually on Thursday nights six to eight. 
uh, but it's going to be another great year of Mountaineer action right here on Talk Radio WRNR. You think uh, College Game Day still plays Sweet Caroline, or do you think they know better by now? I think they know better because they don't want to get fines. But it has been a while. It's been a while, but it's FCC fines. I mean, it was during the break, so it didn't okay. go over the air. I don't know about it's that. Been exactly. Eleven years since Pitt and WVU have uh, played I in know. football. It's been All so right, long. well, I was at that game. You were just a WVU wee little boy. WVU has not named their starting quarterback yet. Uh, it's most likely going to be JT Daniels, the transfer. Uh, but another another Division One school in the state, Marshall, has named their transfer quarterback from Texas Tech, Henry Columbia, as their starting quarterback. I think this was a no brainer. I don't really think Cam Fincher uh, had had the real legit opportunity to be the quarterback, uh, the starting quarterback for the herd this season, Nick. Yeah, I believe he was a walk on. So. It would have been very tough for him to win that job. But uh, Marshall, you know, they start against Norfolk State. So, again, that should be a winnable football game. There's concerns about their running back now for Sheena Ali missing or not being with the team. So, uh, you know, it's something I think to take into consideration. Obviously, though, uh, week one you would expect the herd to win easily. And then week two, you know, they got Notre Dame, so it's going to be a very tough challenge on the road, but a very cool opportunity for Marshall to go uh, to Notre Dame, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Well, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Arsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and it's family-owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. You can go to Orsinis.com for more. We'll be back in two minutes. Talk some more national. We'll talk national sports now. After that, after this two minute break, you tune in the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR two ten. Now back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR one hundred six point five FM, AM seven forty, and TV ten. Welcome back to this Thursday, August 25th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you as uh, we are getting closer to high school football kickoff. That'll be 7 p.m. tonight. Our pregame show kicks off at 6 p.m. on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube. Uh, but we'll kind of tune over to regional and national sports now. The, the Commanders. Uh, making headlines yesterday because we've been waiting all week to hear how much, if any, the starters will play in the game uh, tomorrow. And they will quote from Saturday. Ron Rivera. What? Saturday. Saturday. That's what I meant. Sorry. I'm used to high school football being on Fridays. That's the issue. And I knew the preseason game was Saturday. Uh, but Ron Rivera was asked yesterday and he said they would quote play very limited during Saturday's preseason finale against Baltimore. When asked if that meant starters on both offense and defense, the head coach nodded and said, yep, before preparing very limited, before repeating very limited once more. Uh, so what are we probably going to see one drive? No matter how it ends, no matter how it ends, we're going to see one drive. I don't know if the Ravens are going to play anybody. I mean, they haven't. They haven't. Really? They really no. haven't. And, there's, and I don't blame And them. they still win. Yeah. Maybe that's what they should start doing in the regular season. <laughs> I don't think that worked. They tried that last year with getting everybody hurt. That is true. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess that makes mainly sense. I mean, what really are you going to gain out of this last preseason game if you're Washington, especially if Baltimore's not playing their guys? Well, they gain, you know, ending the streak. Yeah. Well, the streak's now longer than the Undertaker streak. I mean, that's so true. It, it's important. It is. 
Who would win, the Undertaker or the Ravens? I don't know. Depends on when it is, football season or WrestleMania. (laughs) If it's WrestleMania, (laughs) give me the Undertaker. Fair enough. Sorry, I got a sidetrack there. Uh, But I thought it was funny. of Commanders, they have claimed uh, former guard for them, Wes Martin, off waivers from Jacksonville. Uh, They were already down to the 80-player mark, which I – was that yesterday or today teams had to get back? I think it's the 24th or 25th. Uh, But they had to release somebody, and they released cornerback Channing Stribling, uh, which means there's still Shepard alum on the team. Uh, Dewan Neal still on this team as he will uh, be very hard for him to make the cut from 80 to 53. Uh, but he's a guy you could potentially probably see on that practice squad if to have depth in the defensive back position. Yeah, that's a nice spot to have depth as well. So hoping that he can uh, make the team or maybe even surprise somebody and, you know, be out there for special teams, like we said at the beginning, and make that 53-man roster. I know it's tough. but Yeah. Well, I don't know how many cornerbacks they want to keep because i don't know how many safeties they're going to keep because right now on the roster they have uh four strong safeties and three free safeties camp curl bobby mccain uh going to be the projected starters there uh derek forrest jeremy reeves are two guys that have that were on the team last year derek forrest drafted by the commanders last year uh percy butler he is a guy that uh, i believe he got flagged twice in this last game for uh hits to the head so I don't know if that kind of does anything. But then they got Farad Gardner, Stephen Parker. Uh, but then you look at these corners with the three corner positions that they'll they'll have on each game. Kendall Fuller, Kendall, Kendall Fuller, excuse me, William Jackson the third, Benjamin St. Juice kind of locking down those starting roles. Then they got Corn Elder, the backup behind Fuller, Christian Holmes, the backup behind William Jackson, and Danny Johnson is the the direct backup behind St. Juice. Uh, but then from the depth chart, the way that it was put out was uh, Dewan Neal has beat out the guy in front of him. So he he's listed still fourth, and there's just a hole in the third spot because the guy that was there got cut, and that was Stribling. So that's encouraging for for a Division two guy that played in the uh, – in the what, what league was it usfl in the spring and for new jersey uh and then they got josh drayton so two guys that are really battling along with christian holmes i think could be those battling for that final final one to two spots at the cornerback position which is pretty cool that there's a shepherd guy still battling to be on an nfl roster here when the uh we got to believe a week or so till the final cuts yeah and i'll make sure to uh talk a little bit about it with uh coach mccook on Monday, if hopefully uh, Neil is still on that roster by then, which we all assume he will be. We don't fully know when they'll start making the uh, cuts from 80 to 53. 53 and then, well, presuming if they want him on the practice squad, usually you cut those guys last because exactly. you're, you're right there on the fringe trying so. to make the decision because uh, that was the way it was a few years ago for Marshall's Ryan B. He got cut literally an hour before the deadline to cut and then he's back on the practice squad later that day or the next day uh but tyron smith for the cowboys he is out through december the uh, tackle for them i think that's a big loss it is i mean it's an all pro pro bowl caliber tackle so losing him they've got injuries a wide receiver now those guys are going to be ready michael gallup's not going on the pup list uh but i think there's definitely some concerns about the cowboys this year good uh yeah i mean i don't even like the cowboys so i don't know why i took that like personal or something colin but uh yeah i I think there's definitely some concerns there with uh you know trading away first of all Mari cooper so you're a little bit thinner at wide receiver than gallup has his injury james washington got hurt for them as well 
it seems like Zeke always has had some questions the last couple of years, uh, whether it be ball security or maybe just him being in shape and everything like that. So um, I'm thinking that the Eagles are going to win the NFC East this year, and the Cowboys might have a, a down year. And Washington could potentially take that two spot depending on Carson Wentz's and their play. defense and their defense. So the, how much? When does Chase Young? There's come a back? lot of questions from a lot of teams. <laughs> yeah. in the NFC that's East. what always happens with the NFC East. By the way, for the record, I'm not cheering that somebody got hurt. I never yeah, no. would no, or yeah, will yeah. do that. So, but obviously, it is a big impact, as Nick said, on Dallas because yeah, he could. I think he's been plagued by injuries before. I don't yeah. think this is his uh, first injury and. In, I was reading through after uh, the comments were put on that he was out that he could have been a Hall of Famer contention if he actually was healthy throughout his entire career. Yeah, and that he seems has that to talent. Be, and the offensive linemen seem to struggle with that, especially mm-hmm. the tackles. It feels like a lot of tackles in the NFL have struggled struggled with injuries. Uh, but quickly, want to get your take on what we got Dylan's take on is Chet Holmgren out for the season uh, for the Thunder. Colin, go. It sucks. It was going to be fun to see him in the uh, NBA this year. As Dylan said, he could have been Rookie of the Year. I mean, obviously, he still has that chance when he actually is in the league as a rookie, even though it wouldn't have been his traditional rookie season when he comes back to be healthy. But it was a big loss. He looked really good in the uh, summer league, so it's unfortunate. And hopefully, Dylan's correct. And since he's not a heavier big guy, that uh, he doesn't keep having a foot injury but I, I still think the possibility's still there and that it happened before his nba career truly got underway sucks yeah it does and uh you know this is a guy that obviously you know had a great summer league so really stood out to a lot of people and you go back to that injury it kind of brings up the whole point of why guys leave early from college because if he suffered something similar he might not have made it to the number one overall pick and or number two i believe he was so yeah uh really good player hopefully he gets back and doesn't have this be a long-term thing for chet because i think he could be really exciting to watch yeah and that's just so tragic he's missing his rookie season in the year that he could be the rookie of the year but that'll do it for this segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by parsons ford and located at 1400 Shepherdstown Road in Martinsburg or online at ParsonsFord.com. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up. Nats and O's. Exciting Nats news uh, for tomorrow night as they're off today after uh, getting a win yesterday. We'll talk about that coming up next on the final segment of today's edition of the Sports Mix. Back in two minutes. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. See if he runs again. One ball, two strikes. The set, he does not. The pitch swung on, hit in the air to deep right. Back goes Hanniger, way back to the warning track. He leaps, and he cannot get it. It is gone. It is gone. Goodbye. Bang! Zoom! Ildemaro Vargas with a two-run homer to give the Nationals the lead once again here in the ninth inning. Yeah, the Nats take the win 3-1 to one last night on an Ildemaro Vargas uh, two-run shot in the top of the ninth inning with Kyle Finnegan comes in to close things down. And I looked at Colin and he was like, what? Yeah, Who's I heard that? the bang zoom, and I didn't realize who the uh, player was. I've never heard of him before in my life. But he good for him for getting the home run. 
I'm trying to figure out. I think the Nats picked him up. Oh, yeah, I think he was on waivers or whatever. He got DFA'd from the Cubs in okay. the season, and they picked him up uh, right before the Juan Soto trade because they knew they needed somebody that could play in the majors. Uh, but he's made a pretty good impact. Uh, the segment sponsored in part by Mars, uh, the Marist Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Uh, yeah, so they get the win yesterday, 4-1 to one behind Vargas's, uh, two, or excuse me, 3-1 to one behind Vargas's, uh two-run homer in the top of the ninth inning, which I think was big because they were able to split the series. Uh, the two-game series against the Mariners. And I think they're starting pitching. Their pitching overall has been pretty good on this road trip. It's just the offense that's really I not been there for the most part. If the trend uh, kept, it was going to be Sanchez with a good outing. Anibal Sanchez, four Did and a third, win? two hits, two walks, two strikeouts, but four and a third, so he couldn't get the win. Hunter Harvey came in. Yeah, the streak continues. If that's Arano got point that went you one and a third to, with two strikeouts. Carl Edwards Jr. one and one third with two strikeouts, allowing a walk and a run. And Finnegan gets the win, not the save, obviously, because he was the pitcher in there. One and one third inning with one hit, one walk, one strikeout. Uh, the Nats are now forty-two and eighty-three. They face the Reds, who are forty-eight and seventy-four tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, big game. Because they've made the call that I've been waiting for all season as a Nats fan. They have called up their former number one prospect, now number four prospect, uh, Cade Cavalli, 58th overall prospect in the MLB. He'll be pitching tomorrow night's game at Nats Park. Uh, this year with with AAA Rochester, 6-4, 3-7-1 ERA, 104 strikeouts and 97 innings over 20 starts this year. Uh, they've kind of lowered his innings a little bit up there because they wanted him to come in and pitch. Uh so he's going to pitch every fifth or sixth day the rest of the season, uh, which is good because you want young guys on the team. Yeah, and one of your top prospects, you want to see him out there. Unfortunately for you, Spencer, they couldn't just wait till Saturday to pitch the guy. Yeah, where I can watch, watch the game. Can't watch it. You can't tune in here to listen to him because we'll have Martinsburg we won't football. have that game. Yeah, you're right. So uh, I was talking to uh, I was talking nobody's going to know Justin Zimmer, Nick, our buddy. Uh, from Marshall, and we were talking about Kate Cavalli getting uh, you know, brought up. At the end of the year, this rotation could be Cavalli, great. Mackenzie Gore is on his way back from rehab. Uh, Eric Fetty and either Patrick Corbin or Paulo Espino. Patrick Corbin pitched better Sounds over like the last couple team. weeks. I mean, that's going to be a young, fearsome team coming up. Uh, but again, tonight we'll have Hedgesville, Washington, 6 p.m. pregame, 7 p.m. kickoff. Uh, thanks to Dylan for coming on. He'll be on the game tonight. Uh, Colin will be on the sidelines. I'll be doing play-by-play. Nick, you'll hear from him twice at the studio uh, with halftime and postgame. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Dylan, Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow.